0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Hello tech fans and welcome into episode 126 of the Tech Sideline podcast originating from TSL's high-tech studios in the Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center. We've got a busy show planned for you today as we analyze the news of four-star quarterback Demetrius Davis decommitting from Virginia Tech. We take a look at the rest of that 2021 recruiting class, what it means for the Texas 2VT movement and recruiting as a whole. We're glad you're with us and let's get the Tech Sideline podcast started right now. <laughs> We welcome you back into the Tech Sideline Podcast. Whether you're watching live on Facebook, you're watching archives on YouTube, listening on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud, however you consume the Tech Sideline Podcast, we are so glad you could join us as we record on Wednesday morning, May the 7th. Again, we've got a lot to discuss today. We're going to break down the decommitment of Demetrius Davis, the four-star quarterback, one of the top uh dual threat quarterbacks in the entire country. We'll talk about that, the impact it has on the rest of the 2021 Virginia Tech recruiting class. We've got our crew back together today on the podcast. Of course, we've got our managing editor, Chris Coleman. We've got the best producer in the land. Yes, he is, Malcolm Stewart. And we've got our founder and general manager, Will Stewart. I am your podcast host, Evan Hughes. We're brought to you by the Fisher Law Firm. And Will, I know that Jonathan Fisher, his team over the Fisher Law Firm, they've got a special uh, going on right now here in the month of May
2: yes uh, as we've pimped a couple of times on the podcast before Jonathan is doing a an estate planning uh special if you do your estate planning with Jonathan and his staff uh, you will get a free TSL pass subscription and he and i've been communicating a lot of people are taking advantage of that um i think some of us are having those kind of thoughts these days you know unfortunately um, and I definitely plan on doing it and i don't i don't know if it's legal to say that but I'm going to take advantage of that. Of course, I get a free, free TSL Pass subscription anyway, you know, but what I'm saying is I'm going to get Jonathan to do my estate planning.
1: It's a pretty good incentive. I think people should, uh, should take you up on that. You get to read great content from Will and Chris and all the other great stuff we have right. up on uh, techsideline.com right now. Uh, friends, it's great to be back with you. It's been a while since I've gotten to sit in this chair and look to my left and see Chris and look straight ahead and see Will. Uh, we've got a great show planned for today. But uh, as always, how are you guys doing on this uh, May the 7th?
0: Well, when I got home yesterday, it was 48 degrees, it was raining, the wind was blowing.
2: Freeze warning tonight.
0: I'm supposed to be overseas, and instead I'm spending my days watching 40-year-old men freak out over 17-year-olds making their college decisions on the internet. So I'm doing great. That is all correct. Thanks corrected. for asking.
2: That is all correct. Chris also, has a
1: workout later today. I can just feel <laughs> that he's going to just let out a lot of energy today. It's going to be a good workout. So, for
2: today him. we're going to push two cars.
1: So it's funny. I was actually going to bring up the weather because uh, I've been here for the weekend coming back from Richmond, and it's just unbelievable. It feels like it could be February or March, to be totally honest with you. I mean, it's, it's just it's uh, terrible. Mid-40s,
0: mid-50s. I, I was telling Will the other day, like you see people like retire to Blacksburg. Why would you do? Why that? would you do Why? that? To yourself? <laughs> um,
2: yeah. So for me, I've actually put off lawn mowing a couple of times because it's too cold and windy. So that's that's my take on the whole weather thing. So a little bit of a little bit of housekeeping. With um, somebody on the last podcast that uh, that Nick Brown hosted for us, somebody said in in the, in the in the YouTube comments, "What happened to the other MC?" So
0: what the
1: other? <laughs> you're MC? an
2: MC. Do you know what MC stands for? By the way
1: like MC, like an event like you're the yes. MC. yeah yeah absolutely yep yeah, you MC an event you're the keynote i mean you're but do you sorry.
2: know what MC stands for master of ceremonies
1: i did know that but i would have gotten it wrong if right, it was right. asked to me on it i did know that
2: so so the story there is that uh um evan has been um chained to his house in in, in richmond for so most of the time so that's that's why evan uh has hasn't been here as much, um, and I was planning on having Nick fill in during the summers anyway. Because one of the things that happened last summer was, you know, the podcast had a fair amount of momentum, and we weren't you know, really able to do them during the summer because you're up in Minnesota. So uh, when when Nick announced that he was going to go to Tech and go into Bill Ross program, I thought, great, yeah. we got a local kid. He's from Radford. He can you know hit the ground running and start doing the podcast, and we keep keep it going during the summer. I
1: was really excited to watch him because Nick, someone who's got a bright future. Nick is going to be the voice of the the Radford Bobcats next yeah. year on, on uh, 1017 WRAD here in um, here in uh, the New River Valley. So play by play hosting. So. Um, Podcast is in uh, in good hands.
2: Yeah, Nick. so I mean, nobody's getting fired or anything. Nobody's done anything wrong. It's just you know we have two guys we can draw on now, depending upon who's available.
1: Yep. Uh, so listen, looking forward to you know we were we were talking about doing a podcast earlier in the week since I was here, and you know Will and I were talking about the you know what are we going to discuss? You know we're trying to get creative, and and then yesterday uh, happened, and so we have a a lot to get through here on the Tech Sideline Podcast. Really do want to hammer this home before we get into our discussion. Of course, we've got the best producer in the land, Malcolm Stewart, behind there. He's taking your questions on Facebook Live. We're really hoping to spend the last 15 minutes of the show answering your questions. It can be about anything. It can be about recruiting. It can be about basketball. It can be about whatever. We hope you'll drop that question. We will get to them at the end of the show.
2: Now, one question I will head off at the pass. What happened to the giant TV that that used to hang on the wall? Malcolm, can you show the? Yeah, he's got the main shot up there. Uh, The TV quit working. We think we stress the power cable too much, so I've ordered a replacement part for that. We we think the power cable went kerfloe. Um And when I got around behind there and started looking at, looking at taking it down, let's just say the walls had started to lean forward a little bit. Yeah, so, it was about
0: to fall on my head. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's just not, it's not good. That TV's heavy, it. too.
2: And, and <laughs> we put it up there thinking that we would use it to, I don't know, show highlights and stuff like that. We never did it. So, so now we've got a picture of Reggie standing over um, Bryce Perkins in the 15th win in a row so we call that picture hashtag 15 straight
1: i think it's a pretty good consolation to the tv it's a great yeah, picture yeah, yeah. you know brings back good memories
2: so if anybody out there knows reggie tell reggie to come by the office and get the picture he can have it you know we couldn't give it to him while he was a current student athlete because you know ncaa violation blah 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 but uh you know now that reggie's reggie's done with his playing career although i imagine he's, he's well he, not got, he got signed
0: by the uh,
1: Cardinals.
2: Yeah, so he's not around here well he's not in arizona either
0: can't do mini camps, so it depends on whether he was home during spring break or if he stayed in Blacksburg as to where he. So was if you're really...
2: friends, if you're Reggie, come get it. If you're friends with Reggie and you can get it to him, come get it. We'll gladly gladly give it to him because it's a really cool picture, and we know he likes it. He's he's put it on Instagram a couple times.
1: Well, anyways, great picture of Reggie Floyd up there, and it uh, brings back a lot of good memories. Looking at that, that was was that Russian Hokie who took that picture?
2: It was. Yeah. Right, it's
1: a it's a fantastic. He picture. said
2: it was just a moment in time. Let's dive right
1: into it, folks. What we're going to be spending a lot of time on today, recruiting at Virginia Tech. Uh, I want to mention on techsideline.com right now, Chris has an article up on our homepage right now that kind of details uh, in depth about um, Demetrius Davis and, and the recruiting side um, at Virginia Tech. It's a great read. But Chris, let me start with you on this because there has been a lot of momentum it felt like with this 2021 class a lot of high aspirations for this to to potentially be a top 20 class before we talk about the class as a whole Demetrius Davis he kind of felt like he was the centerpiece of that 21 class how big of a blow is this to that 21 class
0: that's a big blow uh, but some of it will be dependent upon how he's replaced um tech will sign a Pretty good quarterback, at least, in this class, I think. Um, to me, the, the bigger issue was killing any kind of momentum that Virginia Tech was maybe building up in this recruiting class. Uh, I don't think Tech was going to sign a top-20 class. Tech has n- only signed a top-20 class once in my lifetime, as far as I remember. Right? Two thousand is that way back, 2001? 2001 yeah. class. Yeah, that was yeah. a great class. And that, and that was coming off, you know, that was a year uh, after a year the after national the national championship. championship game. That's the only time they've been able to sign a top twenty class,
2: and that class was being recruited while Michael Vick was still the quarterback. Right, right, Tech.
0: right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's the only time Virginia Tech, no matter who their head coach has been, no matter who their assistant coaches have been, have been able to sign a top twenty class. Yeah. So. I don't think it was likely.
2: Um, now, now tech, tech typically, historically, can sign around the number 25 class in the country. Right. And and this, this isn't comprehensive, but this morning I looked, and in, in 2017, 2018, and 2019, Tech had the number 26, number 24, and number 26 class in the country. right? And some of that was due to number of commitments, the number of, of, of signees. The number of signees was 27, 26, and 23. That's a lot of signees, you know. So we'll get into that more. I didn't want to interrupt, Chris. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's disappointing. Um, the thing is, though, I, there was an article written by me a month ago, and also an article written about about the same time on Two Four Seven. I don't mean the VT site on Two Four Seven; I mean the national level Two Four Seven wow. site about how Virginia Tech was picking up momentum on the recruiting trail. And uh, my article, um, my article, basically went off. Crystal balls coming in on two four seven. But if you read the two four seven article, you know it gets into detail about here's who's probably going to commit to Virginia Tech soon. Yeah. None of them committed. Right. At least they haven't yet.
2: And this was two or three weeks
0: ago. No, it was a month ago. Wow, a month ago. My article was written. That's correct. April April seventh. It was early April, right? Yeah. So I don't. I don't know that it kills any momentum. It looked like Tech had momentum a month ago, but that hasn't come to come to fruition right um one of the issues and that's one of the issues of why i think tech lost demetrius davis he really really recruited hard for virginia tech and he just couldn't get anybody to follow him yeah so so let me
2: let me add more specifics on that uh demetrius committed on november 13th 2019 very early you know uh
1: as an early junior in high
0: school yeah
2: it was at the end uh, it, of his was,
0: junior season in high school
1: when he yeah and,
2: and and a year before the early signing day and D'Angelo going back in time D'Angelo Hall did that he committed in February so Tech signed their 2000 class and D'Angelo Hall committed shortly after that mm-hmm. and that was that was rare back then but but that that's a really early commitment so Davis gets on board and he starts recruiting on hard on Twitter and it was almost five months before the next commitment came, and I and it was a uh, March 31st, 2020, and I think it was a uh, Will Johnson, yeah, William Johnson. Um, and there have been a couple more since then. Latrell Neville's the big one, yeah. but so so you know, Chris was talking about crystal balls, and there were several players. You know, Landon Watson's had a bunch of crystal balls. He, he's he's uh, a uh, is is Landon a linebacker defensive no, and, a defensive end yeah, from uh, Hutto, Texas, I believe. Yeah, yeah. right. And he had a bunch of crystal balls go text way. Philip Riley, um, Philip Riley, actually
0: tweeted at the at the national level. Two four seven people said, "I know where I'm going to college." And then at the same time, the crystal balls started coming in for Virginia Tech. So basically, he tweeted at him, "I know where I'm going to college." They DM'd him and said, "Where are you going to college?" He told him Virginia Tech, and then they all went and put their crystal balls towards Virginia right. Tech. And then he didn't commit to Virginia Tech. Yeah, he ended up he, Changed his mind at the last second and decided I'm not ready to commit. And then Notre Dame really came in at him hard. This is from an interview I was reading yesterday. He said, when I announced that I decided I wasn't going to commit, that's when Notre Dame really came in and started recruiting me hard. Uh, so not, then, not only has
1: this been a tough week losing Demetrius Davis for Virginia Tech, but Phil Riley, I believe, committed on, was it Monday or Tuesday of this week? I think uh, it was Monday. Monday, probably. But, so that was a, a four-star from Florida that I know Tech was hard after. So. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so, you're, you're Davis and you're doing all that work, and elite players want to play with elite players. Um, here's a quote from Davis. Uh, this is from a few months ago. It's a from, J- a, from a Jason, Jason Stamark article that ran on our, our site. site. I see it as I'm not trying to lose. I don't like losing. That's not something I've ever been a part of. I want some guys that will help win an ACC championship, win a national championship. I don't like losing, so I want the best players to come with me. This is a guy who is 37 and 37-2 at the high school level with two state
2: championships. He's um, used to big-time football and playing with big-time players. You, you watch the highlights of the games he plays in, and they almost look like college games. There's yeah. a lot of very talented players in right, the field. Right. And he wants to win an ACC
0: championship, win a national championship. <clears throat> All right, you, you, you can't win – a national championship without beating clemson which also means you can't win an acc championship without beating clemson um so the only team that can beat clemson these days is like alabama or i guess lsu right now yeah (laughs) uh but we'll see without a quarterback right uh so unless you have alabama or lsu level talent you're not going to beat clemson right he figured that I think he figured that out or somebody told
2: him. Uh and, you know I think that at, and and I think the tech coaching staff probably share this sentiment too. You know, he he's a big time quarterback and he commits and he starts playing Pied piper and recruiting really hard mm-hmm. for you and and the other players just weren't following. They just weren't and that following. gets discouraging.
0: It gets very discouraging. Um and w- what if you end up signing and you look around you and man, you got you got that kind of skinny three-star offensive tackle that signed with you. And you could have gone to Auburn and had the five-star guy block uh, protecting your blind side. It also comes down you know, competition on a daily basis. Uh, the, these guys, these elite-level recruits, they're all collecting at the same schools. They're all congregating at the same schools. And they're elite-level talents, and they're practicing against elite-level talents every day which makes them better they can develop faster practicing against better people so it's it's just there's 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 no parody in college sports yeah, yeah that's it's a different that's a different topic and,
2: and i think dimitri started to consider these things you know and, and so let me let me throw some other numbers at you that i put out on twitter um before his decommit tech had six verbals okay in the top 50 of the 247 composite rankings, only four schools had fewer than six verbals. Oklahoma had five, Florida State had five, Auburn had four, and Kansas State had
0: five. Yeah, now to be fair, it sounds like he's going to Auburn,
2: and Auburn's not exactly lighting up the recruiting rankings. But they're going But they will, you know, You know, the uh, the three of the schools I just listed, Oklahoma, Florida State, Auburn, they're going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, You know, I don't know about Kansas State. Um, 21 of the schools in the top 50 have 10-plus commitments. And so Davis is putting in all this work, and you're still sitting there at six commitments. And he's only able to get one of his Texas guys to come with him mm-hmm. at this point, at this point in time. It looked like Landon Watson might come, and they were working on some other guys. So I think that, uh, and, and I said this on Twitter, um, he probably started getting a little discouraged. Now, is that the only factor in his decommitment? No, but... Um, if Virginia Tech had been getting a lot of verbals and had a lot of recruiting momentum, I think he would have been less likely to start uh, having second
0: thoughts. Yeah, when that article, when that ar- those articles, my article and the 247 article got written a month ago, it was talking about guys like Landon Watson and Amari Huggins-Bruce right. and, and people like that, that all the crystal balls were coming into Virginia Tech, and we needed those guys to start committing yeah. then and there. And that
2: didn't happen. And that didn't happen, um, yeah.
0: You know, now there's, now the smoke around Landon Watson is like Penn State, of course, you know. Uh, um, uh, <clears throat> things changed quickly in recruited. Here's another quote from uh, Davis's dad. This was back in November when Davis committed. Talked about commi- this is talking about committing to Virginia Tech. We won't get the publicity that the regular Texas guys get when they go to Texas A&M, Texas, or Baylor. But we're not looking for that attention. That was part of the process. We don't care about the attention and the hoopla that comes with a close school. We just want somewhere that's a family-oriented place, small, and that plays some good old-fashioned football. Um, if, he, if he's looking to fly under the radar, going to Auburn isn't going to accomplish <laughs> that goal. The, the but, Davis but,
2: family really liked Virginia Tech yeah. and wanted a bunch of other recruits to like Virginia yes,
0: Tech. Yes, that, that's pretty much what it comes down to. Like, he thought that by jumping on board, he was going to be able to – like to start a movement like he liked he liked Virginia Tech's coaches so much that he committed without visiting he he said this in in two articles the on TSL that he alluded to it he said yeah I've silently committed before I took that visit for the Wake Forest game yeah I like the coaches so much so he liked the coaches so much so he was just like man this is the place to be I'm going to commit and everybody's going to follow me
2: and everybody will notice and see it too right, they will see right. the same thing I see
0: and everybody paid it lip service. Everybody almost committed to Virginia Tech. Yeah. But they didn't. And I think he got discouraged. And I think it was pointed out to him, maybe by other staffs, some of it by other staffs, I'm sure. Some of it he just came to the realization himself that, look, these these guys aren't going to go to Virginia Tech. They'd love to play with you, just not at Virginia Tech.
3: Hmm.
0: So come to recruit at Auburn instead.
2: Yeah. So uh – uh you know, he hasn't done any interviews to my knowledge. No, uh, J-
0: Jason Stame's. I asked Jason Stame to reach out and Jason said he hadn't been able to get in touch with him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um one one quick question I do have because again, you go back to to January, February, March, the whole Texas 2 VT movement, it all felt like it was all starting to come together. Do you think that the with, with the coronavirus hitting and, of course, social distancing, not being able to take officials. Do you think that that hurt Virginia Tech in a way? It slowed down the the momentum, not having a spring game, not being able to get those guys on campus and maybe seal the deal?
0: Maybe. Um, th- there were some guys that I think the plan was to commit at the spring game uh, once they took a visit, and, and then they weren't able to take a visit. Neville.
2: Didn't Latrell Neville say that that he correct? He, he was, was going. He was to going to commit at the right, spring right,
0: game, right? Right. So he went ahead and did it anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if it would have changed anything or not. Maybe. Um, I do know that Davis himself was going to take his official visit to Virginia Tech in June. In June. Um, so, let's say yeah, he decommits. Okay, that's fine. That's fine you can get him on campus next month because he says he's still going to take an official visit to Virginia yes. Tech. Whether anybody takes official visits to any, anywhere this year is up for debate, but let's go ahead and say yes, at some point they'll be able to take visits. and He says he's going to take an official visit to Virginia Tech. We'll see. But if you were allowed to take visits right now, I wouldn't be as worried because they'd have, they'd have him right back on campus next month. Man. And you sit down with the family and you re- reiterate everything and you, you, look at, you look at the dad and you say, Dad? Here's what you said you wanted in November.
2: What's changed? What's changed, yeah. Who
0: talk, Who did you talk to to make you change your what mind? Did what did they say? What did they say? Just tell me how you feel. You can do that over Zoom to a certain extent, but sometimes sitting in front of someone yeah. is Face-to-face face face is face to face. always yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Plus, there were some other recruits that were scheduled to visit at the same time. Yes. Some guys who were that, already committed and others who that, were. That, uh, that June was going to be June, a big, yeah, that big was gonna weekend. was going to be a big weekend. Yeah,
0: yeah probably Watson and, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So now
1: that he has decommitted and you mentioned the again going back to the Texas to VT movement going hard after that state and how he was kind of the centerpiece, could this potentially lead to a domino effect of other commits in that 21 class specifically with Latrell
0: Neville? Will has the Latrell Neville. Voice. Oh,
2: yeah, so where did my sheet of paper go with the the, the well, He was
1: active on Twitter yesterday, after and the And not Davis. in a good way. They're for all Virginia active Tech. on Twitter. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: So, Latrell Neville um, talking about uh, Demetrius Davis and, and Latrell Neville's commitment. It was a major factor since we're really close and we talk daily. He recruits me hard. I guess after seeing what he does in person, in state games, he's just a walk and highlight reel. And again, this is Latrell Neville, a wide receiver, talking about Demetrius, four-star wide receiver, talking about Demetrius Davis. As soon as I woke up, I called him and I said, today's the day. We talked for a little while. He knew it was coming, but I told him I wasn't going to wait any longer. And then later he said, I think it's just a great opportunity to compete for an ACC championship every year. I've got the best quarterback in the 2021 class, and that's a dream come true to have a good QB like that. Basically, the hardest part is figured out, which is getting a QB on board. Now other things will be easy. It's a chance to play early in a big conference, and I think it's a perfect opportunity. So he basically was, Latrell Neville was basically hanging his hat on Demetrius Davis being there. So, so and but in terms of,
1: You know, Again, I think Ox even tweeted this, that Virginia Tech at the time, and one poll went from 21 nationally, ranked 21st to 51st after the decommitment. Yeah, in the composite rankings at
2: at their peak, Virginia Tech was 20th, and uh, then I remember 21st. And then as more players committed to other schools, Tech started to drop, and the last time I looked, they were 34th in the country because these rankings are highly dependent on number of commits.
0: Right, number of commits, and at this stage... Volatile. Everybody has it's between volatile. five and 10. So, like one commit or one decommit can send you shooting up the rankings or dropping down significantly. Yeah. So, in
2: Tech's case, yeah. they, were, they were 34th with six commits, the four star quarterback decommits, and it drops them all the way to 51st. Right. So, they're very volatile at this point in time around the teams that only have five, six, seven, eight commitments. Now, the guys at right. the top have 13, 14, 15. You know the ones that are at the very top of the the recruiting rank it's gonna
0: it's gonna be such a strange recruiting year you you've got guys right now like assuming they're gonna be able to take visits. you're seeing some come to the realization that hey, we might not be able to take visits, so I guess I better head go ahead and commit right because I don't know if I'll be able to take visits or not. then what happens if like you are allowed to take visits at some point? You're going to have a bunch of guys take visits and, the, and then decommit from the school so Chris, they committed Chris to. Chris thinks
2: there will be a wave of decommitments if visits start happening. If
0: visits starts happening, because you're going to see guys committing. Like Philip Riley hasn't visited Notre Dame when he committed. He almost committed to Virginia Tech without visiting. Right. Um, his recruitment has been
2: a series, a of, that series sort of. Of, of peaks and valleys. <laughs> if I'm
0: going to this school, oh, no, I'm not. Oh, no, I'm going to go to that school. No, nah, I'm not. Oh, I'm going to commit to that school. Yeah. I so and and this is without being allowed to take visits. So if you're allowed to take visits, you know, uh, there's gonna be some recruitments that you think are over and then guys are gonna go out and take visits and, and they're gonna say, Man, I probably shouldn't have made that commitment. Last question I
1: have for this, because we gotta take a break after this here on the Tech timeline podcast brought to you by the Fisher Law Firm. Um if you go on to Demetrius' Twitter page and you go to um you can you can see the tweets, see the replies, you go to his likes. The last tweet that he liked was actually um, from someone who tweeted at him was Travion Henderson, the five-star running back who ended up going to Ohio State that Virginia Ohio Tech State. recruited hard. And um, it was in response to a tweet. But Travion said, quote, Don't pay this no mind. It's all good. A lot of VT fans have been in lately, yeah. close quote. And And Demetrius liked that tweet so chris, i want to I want to pose this question because i I totally understand the the passionate fan base. And I understand that this is fan bases across the country, not just here at Tech. But I ask you this, do fans tweeting at recruits have a
0: negative impact? Depends on what you tweet at them. I do think there's a segment of Virginia Tech fan base on Twitter that is' awful, and it's worse for Virginia Tech than Mac Brown.
2: Because <laughs> it does more damage to VT recruiting than Mac Brown. Yeah, ones. I
0: mean, these guys get up in the morning and the first thing they look at is social media yeah. and I I think we've blocked maybe three or four guys on the TSL Twitter ever blocked a guy yesterday because he quote tweeted our article about D- Demetrius Davis and just started blasting away yeah and I'm like
2: man, not at man, us not at us but at, at Virginia Tech
0: yeah so yeah like... so I don't want to be associated with that so I right. blocked him. right that's what people see that. Yeah. And I'm sure every fan base has their nuts, but like, it's easier to overcome your online crazies if you're Auburn and you can say, well, you know, our rookies just signed $52 million worth of NFL contracts last year and we compete for national championships. If you go to Virginia Tech, they've had one guy drafted the last two years, right? So it's it's easy that the, the online craziness is easier to come. Yeah, just to over to those to overcome. Guys. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, but I, yeah, there are some VT fans on Twitter that I think are toxic. Quite frankly. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. And, just
2: and, and Virginia Tech's hardly unique about that. So one of the things that caught my eye on a related note is that uh, Robert Wooten um, uh apparently put an, up, uh, put an update up on Instagram. I don't even remember what it was. Now, this is the defensive end who signed last year. This is a signed Tech recruit. And he uh, put something on Instagram, and a handful of Tennessee fans piled in, and one of them just commented at him, L, 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 and you know started going back and forth with him and filling up his Instagram feed with that, that kind of vitriol directed at Virginia Tech. Um I wonder how much that kind of thing goes on to uncommitted recruits and 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 affects their thinking.
0: Tennessee fans are, have uh long been noted for their craziness, yeah. so to speak.
2: It comes from winning a national championship and then not being all that great for the next 20 years or so.
0: Yeah, and there's just something about Tennessee fans, too. That are,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> all right, I'm going to throw one more in there before we take a break. I want to spend about three or four minutes on this. We'll take a break, and then we'll get to a couple of fun questions and get to your questions on Facebook Live. Um, the NCAA has come out and, and basically said they are looking hard into name, image, and likeness and that there could be a um, – it, it, it could be approved. Um, Allowing
2: athletes to profit off of their their name, image, and likeness.
1: Which is just something that would be totally new to college sports athletes. Will, I'll ask you this. Um, how big of a role does this play in recruiting?
2: You said three or four minutes, huh? I'm not sure I can keep it to three or four minutes.
1: <laughs> just trying to keep the podcast at about 60 minutes here. So, yeah, three right, three to so, three or four.
2: Um, first of all, the parameters of what what is being floated is that an athlete can – um, endorse things and, and get paid to endorse things. They cannot wear the gear of their school while they're doing that. They can't wear a VT logo. Um, they,
0: can't they can't even, be announced as like Trey Turner, Virginia Tech wide receiver. Right.
2: So let's say Trey Turner gets an endorsement contract with uh, Shearer Automotive Group or, or Duncan Automotive Group. He's allowed to wear a maroon shirt and say, I'm Trey Turner. I'm wide receiver Trey Turner. And that's it, and then endorse the product. Um, so, and, and then the other thing the NCAA is talking about is, I believe, having uh, athletic departments have the contracts in hand and be able to review them. Whatever <laughs> this is, what this is going to do is is bring the bag men from the background to the foreground. So let's say that there's an unscrupulous school where where a huge card. Uh, car dealership has been making under-the-table payments, or to uh, athletes, for years. Let Let's say didn't Ohio State give Terrell somebody up up at uh, up in Columbus gave Terrell Pryor a car to drive around. Oh, he that, got in trouble a, for that. Yeah, yeah, he got in trouble for that. So this kind of stuff's been going on. So let's say there's a, there's a big-time booster. He's gotten rich off of owning a chain of car dealerships, and he's been paying recruits thousands and thousands of dollars under the table. Well, he's just going to pay them above the table now. So it's not different money. It's just flowing in a different way. Right. So I think I have a theory that wh- how this affects recruiting is that the smart athletic department, and, and, I, and I floated this on the message board yesterday, the smart athletic department will go around. Let's say you are Ohio State. You're in, you're in a pretty big city, Columbus, a lot of opportunities. Uh-huh. You go around to business owners. You go to that guy who owns a, a chain of car dealerships, and you say, hey, write me up something. And it says something like, I'm so-and-so of the the such-and-such automotive group, and we're excited to work with Ohio State student-athletes and have them endorse our products and our offerings. And you put together 30 or 40 quotes like that from big-time businessmen in the area, and you show that to recruits. And you say, hey, you know that car dealership, for instance, if you advertise his cars, he's talking about things like giving you an Escalade, uh, uh, a lease on an Escalade for free. That'll be your compensation. So you come to Ohio State, you can drive an Escalade for free, and it's all above board. It's all good. So the the schools that are ahead of the curve are already saying these things to recruits, I think. And it'll be the schools with the massive
0: staffs who are ahead of the curve because there's more brain. There's just more people to... More resources to throw
2: at it. So there's this thing of, oh, that means the rich will just get richer. A school like Auburn, which isn't necessarily in a large community, has a very enthusiastic booster base mm-hmm. that they can leverage in this situation. I would counter that it's not just the rich getting richer. What if South Florida, USF is in Tampa, right? What if USF, which is typically a a middle tier school, good Mm -hmm. football program, but not top level, not a school you would think, oh, they'll be able to pay their players, get get their players great endorsement contracts. Well, they're in Tampa. What if there are some USF grads who are big time businessmen in Tampa and you can get them to start giving endorsement contracts to USF players and you can start showing USF players the value of that. How much better is their recruiting gonna get? It's not necessarily the rich getting richer. It's schools that can properly leverage this through staff size, mm-hmm. uh, dedicating effort to this, organizing it, you know, okay. all these things. And and, and I, I don't I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but this is not good for schools like Kansas State in Manhattan, Kansas. <clears throat> uh, probably not that great for <throat> Texas Tech in <laughs> Lubbock, you know, Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. Is Carillion going to pay Trey Turner <laughs> to advertise Carillion? I mean,
0: you got to look at it the same as job markets. Uh, and GDPs and things like that. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, there aren't as many opportunities for stuff like that around is, here. in a smaller area. And I, I mean, I've looked at the GDPs. I put them in a Q and A last week. The GDP of Blacksburg is compared to ch- uh, the Chapel Hill,
2: Raleigh Durham Chapel Hill. The trium- right,
0: right. It's it's like eight times more, seven times more. Yeah. In, in that area, so that means there's eight times the opportunity probably for a UNC recruit to earn endorsement deals in his local area yeah so Um, so so i'm if you're a virginia tech graduate and you own a business and you want the program to get better at recruiting and you've been complaining about recruiting lately and how it's going here's your chance to directly help it to put your money where your mouth is you need to contact the virginia tech coaching staff and say i'm willing to use my business to endorse virginia tech athletes to help your recruiting efforts there you go. If you uh, right, if you're not willing to do that, and other fan bases are, don't complain when Virginia Tech loses to recruits who can offer their players more endorsement opportunities. It's it's
1: really interesting to think about where recruiting could take us, and I think in five years from now, you just never know. I mean, that, that's a. Uh...
2: And so we're sitting here throwing these thoughts out. It could go in a completely different direction. Yes. Well, not completely, but it could go in a different direction. So so let's take the break and. Uh
1: we got more to get to, too. We've got more. I've got a couple of fun questions, rapid fires for Will and Chris, and then we're going to spend the rest of the show getting to your questions on Facebook Live. Be sure to drop it now. Malcolm, will get to them. We'll get to them at the end of the show. You're listening to Episode 126 of the Tech Sideline Podcast, brought to you by the Fisher Law Firm.
2: If you have received a DUI or other traffic-related offense, the road ahead can seem uncertain. Here at Fisher Law Firm, we have a team that is with you every step of the way. We have the experience that comes along with having defended more than 30,000 criminal and traffic cases statewide and the expertise to get the job done. Call anytime day or evening for your free consultation or a complimentary copy of my book. Don't forget to ask us about our free appeal guarantee. To learn how we can help solve your problem, check us out at fisherlegal.com. This is Jonathan Fisher, class of
1: 98. Let's go Hokies. Welcome back into what I've just been told during the break is episode one hundred and twenty-seven <laughs> of, of the, the Tech Sideline Podcast. That's what happens when you miss a podcast and you think that you correct it and you didn't. So, episode one twenty-seven of the Tech Sideline Podcast is brought to you by the Fisher Law Firm. Malcolm Stewart, Will Stewart, Chris Coleman, Evan Hughes here. Final thought on recruiting: the word that the 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 floor is yours, Will Stewart. So
2: I have an I have an open-ended question. Um, I think the question that that Virginia Tech fans and the Virginia Tech coaching staff and the athletic department need to be asking themselves right now is. Why can't we beat out – this is not the question they need to be asking. They Don't ask the question, why can't we beat out SEC schools for a four-star quarterback out of Texas? Ask the question, what is our path to success? Figure out what that is and then double down on it. Um, it's probably not what I just said, trying to recruit four-star quarterbacks out of Texas that are being highly recruited by SEC programs. So um, figure out how you are going to succeed and then apply all your energy towards that because there are schools that succeed. You know, Boise State spent an entire decade in basically the top 10 of the BCS and CFP. They also
0: got put on probation for cheating. Yeah,
2: but not for super (laughs) bad cheating.
0: Uh, They were bringing guys, they were paying for guys on official visits because that's the only reason you get anybody to visit Boise. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs)
2: uh, I'm not saying your path to success is cheating, but there is a path to success. Figure it out.
1: I think that's a good way to leave it for right now. Before right. we get the question. Wisconsin,
2: Wisconsin, Michigan State.
0: Can I just? Like I,
1: I yeah. actually really enjoy that comparison you have. Wisconsin, everything like from the Jim Leonard is the DC. We, we could do a full podcast, honestly, on wisconsin to virginia tech and the similarities that have been pointed out on this show all right i've got a couple rapid fires uh malcolm just let me know we do have a good amount of questions so we're going to get to them i've got a couple rapid fires um and a couple of questions i've gotten as well in advance let me start with this this was put out on the ACC network twitter yesterday i just want one response from each you on this and we'll go rapid fire espn's Football Power Index has given Virginia Tech a 49% chance to win the ACC Coastal next season. Carolina's at 34%. Miami's at 5%. Will, Very I'll start nice. with you. Do you agree or disagree with those numbers?
2: I totally agree with the Miami number. That's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I think in the range of, of UNC and Virginia Tech, I think UNC and Virginia Tech are both in that thirty to fifty percent range of, of winning the Coastal. Yeah,
0: I think that should probably be a little closer between those two schools because the, it is at UNC, mm-hmm. and they probably have who's a guy who's probably a top five pick at quarterback.
2: And and UNC already practices social distancing at their football games, right? So they're used to it. <laughs> um, I, I just, uh, how much is is Sam Howell going to elevate his game? Right, you know. Um, uh Newsom, the wide receiver, Daz, is he gone? I don't know. Please say yes. I, I, I no <laughs> um, <laughs> um it's it's I'd I'd call it a toss-up between tech and, Ken, how, how, and is their defense say. gonna get better. Yeah. 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 Or you gonna, know what's
1: fun? If you go to that tweet, by the way, all the mentions are people going back and forth about how Dear King is the best Miami quarterback since uh like two thousand three, two thousand four. It's just Miami fans and the mentions very upset about uh being put at five percent. So keep in mind that's the football power index. That's not actual analysts saying that yeah, but yeah, those some, sometimes
2: folks. computers are right
1: uh how about this uh if you go to hokey sports right now they are doing a jersey bracket of uh, all-time virginia tech football jerseys that have been worn and it's a it's a bracket challenge i'm just curious guys what's your favorite virginia tech football jersey that's ever been worn
2: so so if i was the only person voting on the bracket the championship would wind up and i know people don't want to hear this the championship would they want to hear this one it would wind up being between the 99 jerseys the all maroons '99 jerseys. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, by by that I mean all maroon jerseys, no stripes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And they would be going up against the 2010 Boise State game <laughs> uniforms, and that's what nobody wants to hear. All right? So Evan's pulling out the the helmet,
1: which I'm going to go ahead and say are my personal favorites right here. This, is, but I know from you guys, this is a game that you guys don't want to think about. So, <laughs> so, so, so. Was it
0: that one or that one? There are two black jerseys
2: or two, black helmets. two black helmets. I, I think they're, they're, I'm pretty sure this is it. Let's see. They're the same helmet. They're just done. By no, a, no, the stripe's different. Well, that's because I think that one was done custom for me by a TSL reader where I think the other uh, one was purchased. Oh, okay. okay. Um, so let me pull that out of here. Well, we're talking so jerseys is, and you're all pulling out yeah, helmets. See, this Sorry. Is, that's good
1: point. <laughs> these, these, were, these were the helmets that went with those right. jerseys. That yeah, the, so yeah. this
2: should, however you pronounce that. So, so they're very similar, but that one was custom made, and this one was uh, actually purchased off the shelf so anyway um so clark Rulin and i were hanging out the other day and 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 clark just clark said you know the level of detail in those 2010 fedex field boise state game uniforms was just phenomenal when you got up close to him it was amazing and we've got pictures of tyrod taylor and ryan williams wearing those uniforms and they just look awesome so that would be the championship and the 99 uniforms would win
0: uh 99 maroon for sure for me uh I think it's interesting if you go back to the 1990s, you can tell whenever Virginia Tech switched brands because their uniform changed. So like the 93, 94 uniforms was Russell Russell, athletic, I believe, yeah. And then the uniforms changed 95, 96, mm-hmm. and 97 when Virginia Tech was with Starter. Starter. And then they went with Nike starting in 1998, and that's when they went with the clean maroon, no stripe look, yeah. from 98 through 2003. And I and believe
2: ninety eight was when they rolled out the helmet that had the first uh that, the metallic paint in it.
0: And that was uh the first helmet without a stripe. Right. Very um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh so uh I I, I like ninety nine. Uh I am watching. you know, I'm watching all ninety five games right now too, and I also like those jerseys. Uh I like text uniforms fine now, but but I think I think the '99 look is the best look yeah. in my opinion.
2: So an underrated one is the 1996. Uh, I, I've got a somewhere I've got a football card of Jim Druckenmiller wearing this uniform, the the maroon helmet because they didn't change helmets around back then. White road jersey with maroon pants. That was a really cool looking uniform. I've always liked mm. that that road uniform. All white's okay, but I prefer the, the the white road jersey with the maroon pants. I've always thought that's a cool look.
1: I'm actually getting a text right now uh, from Damian Salz, who's watching Webmaster Tech. He's saying 99 jerseys versus Boise is going head-to-head in the next round. So oh. kidding. Okay. You, you're going yeah. to get your wish, Will, and yeah. see what, uh, what uh, Hokey Nation has to say about that. Okay, a couple other rapid fires, and we're going to get to Malcolm. Malcolm. Um, uh, switching gears real quick to basketball. Non-conference schedule has been coming out. Uh a home and home with Oklahoma State seems to be the marquee thoughts on that right now, Chris, and how that's coming together. Yeah,
0: he's certainly uh he's upgrading it to a certain extent. I think Marshall's coming to Castle, so I guess that's a home and home or a two for one. Oh goodness, they're playing who They're playing somebody in Charlotte in a neutral site game. Is Davidson? Davidson in Charlotte mm. in a neutral site game. So it's going to be – there's still going to be some dogs on there, of course. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, But he has upgraded the schedule. Uh, He was asked about non-conference scheduling during this past season because this past season schedule, for the most part, wasn't his. It it was the one set up by the previous staff. And he kind of cringed and said, I never want to not make the NCAA tournament because of non-conference (laughs) schedule. So you knew when he said that. That we were going to see a few changes going forward. I think I think playing Davidson in a neutral site in Charlotte. I think that's a, that's a great idea. That's for, cool. for Charlotte Hokies. That's an, actually an event down there. Like UVA's playing somebody in that same event, so it'd be like ah. a Tech game and then a UVA game back to back
2: in Charlotte. So Evan, you you don't remember this, but back in the day, uh, like the Richmond Times Dispatch used to sponsor a four team tournament in Richmond. Heard about you know, that. it'd be Tech, UVA, VCU. You know, the teams would rotate a little bit, but uh, they used to do that, and and it was great. And, and schools just don't want to do that kind of stuff anymore. It winds up being an event as opposed to a, a true tournament. What, what if,
0: what if the coronavirus changes scheduling?s What what if, what if you're no longer given a certain amount of money to buy all these opponents at home anymore? What if it's more beneficial for schools? For four, what if it's more beneficial for, for Virginia Tech, Old Dominion, Richmond, and VCU to meet in Richmond for one
2: weekend, mm. and and get paid to do that as opposed to paying some crap team three hundred thousand dollars or whatever or whatever? To, well, I don't know they how don't, I don't they know don't pay for that much. Right. It's, it's probably fifty to a hundred. It's probably hundred grand, yeah. Yeah. Um, depending on the team,
0: uh, you miss out on the home ticket sales, so you'd have to do the math on that of whether it was worth it. But uh you could basically get two games in on one weekend on a neutral site and you don't have to pay somebody a hundred grand. Yeah, you'd have to run the you, math sp- on you it. split the gate the gate between all four teams be- and everything. So yeah. you'd have you'd have to do the math on things like that. But well it'll be interesting to see if this does anything to basketball scheduling. I'm sure it will have an impact on the non revenue sports. Um, But basketball being not only a revenue sport but a profitable sport, I don't don't know how much of an effect it will have on basketball right now. Last
1: question, a fun one that I promise we're getting. I just need one quick answer. I love this question uh, from my buddy David Cunningham. He put this on Twitter. He goes, you're the head coach of Virginia Tech's football or men's basketball program. You have a five-star recruit on an official visit, and you get to take him to a restaurant in Blacksburg. Where are you taking him?
0: My favorite restaurant is – I mean, mine's in Christiansburg, Texas Roadhouse. I don't know that I'd take a recruit there. <laughs> um, I don't go out
2: much in Blacksburg. Uh,
0: I, I don't know if this has come across. There's not a lot of options though. It's not like you're in a in a city where
2: there's an Italian place on this. corner. How about a local a place good, in
1: Blacksburg? If you had to take them to, okay. I mean, so you well, know, it's
2: not local. It's a chain, chain but, right. but but whenever my friends are like, "Where you want to go?" I always go to Cabo Fish Taco. I just I just love the food there. Uh, but the other one is, is poor Billy's still open? No. Nah. Prime rib at poor Billy's man, but nah. they're not open anymore.
0: Yeah. Uh, I nah. don't know if Virginia tech had the recruiting budget to pay for prime rib at poor Billy's quite
2: frankly. Apparently it was underpriced at first, you know, and then, and, and and they had to increase the prices. They went along cause people were telling them you're not charging enough for this, hmm. but this is in the past. Um, gosh, uh, I think Cabo's know. a
1: good answer. I'd go PKs, just the the
0: local the wing. Oh, that,
2: that, that. I've seen them in there with recruits yeah. PKs
0: before yeah. on, on Sundays, actually. To just make yeah.
2: sure you just make sure that you know the recruit and wherever you take him for dinner. If if he's impressed by milkshakes, take him to cookout for for dessert for a milkshake afterwards. Right. Or
1: or as Coach Beamer, take him to a basketball game and go get a uh, one from the uh, the, the dairy, <laughs> right?
2: Um, the Dairy Club milkshake. <laughs> That's a great oh, I gift love those of, things.
1: Of him, yeah. so.
0: All right, we but got. I, I, so so hopefully... I didn't answer your question.
1: Oh, you did. I'm sorry. I'm I, sorry. And
0: I, but I can't. I don't know. Uh, if it's taking it a chance, it, it's a, your place. Yeah, but it depends if it's a whole group of recruit. Uh, did David say one recruit? If it was one, one recruit, recruit a five he's a star. five
1: star on official visit. One, round. I mean,
0: I would order catering and host him in the Virginia Tech facility. I don't know that there's a place in Blacksburg that I would take that would like impress a five star recruit. Quite, quite honestly. I'm...
2: Um. So you know, the whole thing is they're going they're going to they're going to finish the student athlete performance center yeah. this this fall. I'm yeah, told. Put that to use, man. And that's going to be used for recruiting. Um. It's it's going to be used for a lot of stuff, but recruiting is one of the things that's yeah. going to be used for. Hire a top notch chef for that place
0: and tell them to get it to work.
1: Listen, not to mention too. I mean, they also do this. Last thought on this take them to West End or a place on campus. And I mean, that that's some high quality food right there I've in eat, itself. So, I've so eaten except it.
2: now the athletes are going to be eating in the SAPC, you know, yeah. I guess they can eat in some of the other dining halls. What, what, what's the other place we ate
0: at, at one time with, with West End, Turner. I know West End. West I, End think, I think what, it was Turner. It was Turner. Turner's the new what, one on the academic yes, side. Yes, that's the one we ate at. West End was the best place to eat when I was a student. Uh, it was so popular. And Is there were ever, the, there were only like three places to eat back then. So West End was always so packed. I, I like it was actually End, really hard yeah. to get a meal. Yeah. But, uh. Turner's place was really good, I thought. Yeah.
1: As we turn it over to Malcolm, you got to answer our question. Malcolm, where would you uh, take a recruit five-star?
3: I would have to say probably Turner. Okay. I mean, you want to impress him with the campus.
1: There you go. I know we've got some questions. Uh, we love to do this as part to close out the show. Facebook Live questions. And uh, i turn it over to you, Malcolm.
3: All right, we'll start with Dusty Bailey. Have you all changed your opinion on football seasoning, season happening?
0: My opinion is that I don't have one, really. Uh, the, the only opinion is I have is that I think there will be a football season, just not as we know it. Something will change, like whether it's the timing, the number of teams that are playing, uh, how the schedule is done, whether or not they're non-conference games. Um,
2: I, I'm sure there will be a season. I, it just won't be. When and what will it look like? What will it look like, yeah. So so as a lot of you know, my middle child, my son Ronan, goes to South Carolina. And yesterday, South Carolina came out. And we're not talking athletics here. We're talking university. Yesterday, South Carolina came out and said, students will be coming back next fall. We will be doing in-person instruction. And they laid out all the bullet points for how they're going to do that. And uh, my wife was listening to a town hall with the USC president. And he got asked the question, what about sports? <laughs> so, he, And he was on a Zoom with uh, – some other higher ups at, at USC. And so he bounced that one over to the athletic director. And as you can imagine, the athletic director balked because they don't know. Yeah. You know, and um, it's not a question for the athletic directors. Though. As, I, as,
0: I, as left, I've said, it's not going to be a the decision. They're not going to be the decision makers. It's going to be school presidents and governors.
2: Yeah. And, and the AD said, well, we're talking to the NCAA, but you're right. And as the question is, we've asked who's in charge. So V Tizzle on Twitter this morning, said, so let's say we we play football this fall and and you're a couple of weeks into the season and a player tests positive for the coronavirus. What are you going to do? Quarantine the whole team and coaching staff for two weeks? You're going to forfeit two games if you do that. Are you going to forfeit? What happens if if you've got all 130 schools playing and 40 of them have to go into a two-week quarantine because one of their players tested positive? I don't have an answer for that. These are rhetorical questions.
0: And what if you're in the uh, Mountain West and three of your schools are in the state of California? California won't allow events, but the rest of the states where your schools are in do allow events. Do you just play your schedule without those California schools that are in your
2: conference? so so the question was has your opinion changed no it hasn't changed because nothing else has changed we we can't answer these questions like i i would be
0: surprised if the season started on time
2: at this oh yeah very 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 surprised
3: all right let's go with eric fisher he asks realistically speaking are we upper middle middle or lower middle class of power five schools
1: Oh, in terms of recruiting, in terms of – I mean, I would assume that's probably what he was – Revenue.
2: Well, in terms of revenue, lower middle class. Lower middle class. Upper lower middle class. uh, You know, the last time Witt gave the numbers publicly, it was something like – four, or or the last time I looked at the USA Today database. Now, remember, not all Power 5 schools report. Right. Out of 65 of them, some of them don't report. Private schools don't report. You wind up with – and and I think Pitt can get out of it because of some Pennsylvania law – but uh, if you're talking 52 or 53 power five schools that report Virginia Tech ranks 40 or 42nd in revenue, I'd call that lower middle class. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so, and yes, you can punch above your weight or below your weight at any given time. But in general, that determines, you know, where you operate. Determines set. your ceiling. Yeah. Okay.
1: Thanks, right. Eric. By the way, Eric Fisher, total side note, he is a rock star of this podcast. I feel like every, Has every he ever,
0: show. Uh, Eric, have you ever missed a podcast? Seriously,
3: we, we appreciate you, Eric <laughs> yes, You You, you, not, not you are a rock star. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris Scaniello, Scaniello. I probably butchered the name. Chris.
2: But. Well, there's no probably about it. You did
3: butcher <laughs> it. <laughs> do you think the culture of VT fans suggests that most businesses led by VT grad, VT grads will not be willing to put up money with NIL?
2: That's a good question. Um, so, so repeat that question, please.
3: Do you think the culture of VT fans suggests that most businesses led by VT grads will not be willing to put up money with NIL?
0: I think tech fans in general, if you read our boards, there, there there's a strong view of if things aren't like they are in the good old days and it's just not, then it's just not, not as good anymore, right? They're, you, they're not as...
2: Specifically, the comment is, if they start paying the players, I'm out. Right. I'm not, not going to be a fan anymore.
0: Right. Um, so, I, I do think the culture of our fan... like There are some fan bases just aren't going to care. They're, they're going to be like, fine, whatever. And they're not going to miss a beat. Um, I don't think the Tech fan base is like that. So... Yeah, I don't think it helps. Uh, I certainly don't think locally you're going to find a large number of, of willing partners for that, in my opinion. Um, you're going to have to get tech business owners from like Richmond and Northern Virginia and Virginia Beach and places like that involved, in my opinion. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot well, of sense. Well, well,
0: for two reasons. Number one, I just don't think that many local business owners, is, owners will be interested in, in it. They might be interested in it, but... They wouldn't be willing, in my opinion, to spend as much money, the or spend the money that would actually make a difference. I'd right, love right? to pay
2: an athlete to endorse Tech Sideline, but I can't afford a whole lot. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but <laughs> we're not a multi-million dollar corporation. But but maybe
0: uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe a maybe a business yeah, owner from money. from from a from a bigger city would be willing to spend more yeah. money. Yeah. So, but but yeah, I I do think that there is a culture within the tech fan base. Not all of them, of course, but but a certain subset that that will check out to a certain extent and they won't be open to things like that.
2: So I think an ancillary question or maybe a different way to ask this question is when it was announced that athletes would be able to start profiting off their name, image and likeness, how many Virginia Tech business owners started salivating at the thought of what they could do to help? That's that's the same question phrased a different way. That's a really
1: right. interesting...
2: Because I guarantee you in the SEC and Big Ten, they're salivating at the thought of how they can help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way to leave it right
3: there. Um, there are so many questions about recruiting in the state of the school. We ought to come back next week for a podcast on that topic because there's, there's a ton of them.
1: We are at, at 58 minutes right yeah. now. So for mind, our last so.
3: question... Actually, I do want to change my answer to the where would you take a recruit? Uh-huh. Okay. Shout out to Brian Head for reminding me this restaurant exists. But Bull and Bones. Oh yeah, that that's okay, what one. that's
0: where they take recruits when they have a group of recruits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. they
2: can probably reserve that room. That's that's right inside the door to the left.
0: That, I've heard that's where Seth Greenberg was when he heard he was getting fired. He was <laughs> at Bull and Bones with a recruit. Who was
2: he hosting? Do you remember?
0: It was a guy who ended up going to committing to Oregon. Turned out not to be good enough to play at Oregon. Transferred to Miami of Ohio. Was actually playing for Miami of Ohio a couple years later when Virginia Tech hammered him in some some tournament in November.
2: Yeah. Who's the greatest player in the history of Miami of Ohio basketball? Did well. Uh, oh my
1: God, my uncle J.R. Hippel played for the Bulls. Ron Harper. Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Uh, they they had a guy. I, I want They had a guy when I was a kid named like I think Wally
2: Zerbiak. Oh, Zerbiak's alum. good, he yeah. He works
1: for CBS. Who's the, who's okay. the, who's the football alum that's
2: If he If he played, oh, well, that's uh, Roethlisberger, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 If Zerbiak I, I played for Miami, Ohio. I think he did, but I'm not, uh, I'm not 100% certain. Yeah, i 100% sorry. Yeah, if you'd asked me, I would have said he's a West Coast cat. Somebody will correct us. I'm sure somebody will correct us. If it
0: wasn't Zerbiak, it's someone with a very similar name. Right, right. Yeah. Let's do one recruiting question, Malcolm. Let's wrap up with that. If you can you pick make one
1: out of that, and then we can save those questions for another podcast.
3: Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, Dale Kaiser. If recruits start decommitting, could it cause Witt to consider replacing Coach Fu, or could we see an effort to improve facilities and staff at a faster pace? I don't uh, think that's... you'll see
0: either one right now, because you don't know how much money Virginia Tech's going to have. Like, if Tech wanted to fire Fuente, they'd him $10 million, right? Or at least.
2: If they fired him after December 15th, it would be $10 million. I think it's currently $12.5 million. Right. Uh, so,
0: something like that. Uh, yeah. So, no, I don't think Virginia Tech has the money to fire anybody. Um i think any plan that they had after Fuente flirted with baylor to add staff and things like that probably on hold isn't it because yeah, i gotta be yeah i'm guessing people over there have taken pay cuts to a certain extent which said you know stuff like that would happen they just wouldn't announce it right right, right. i don't know that you can i don't know that people can take pay cuts and people get furloughed without also imposing a hiring freeze. Right. Yeah. So, no, I don't, I don't think either one of those, those things are going to happen right now. And, uh, and from
2: a facility standpoint, I can tell you, having communicated with WIT about this, WIT really likes what they're doing to Merriman, the Student Athlete Performance Center. And um, something that is not publicized is that they're apparently building somewhere a pretty, a pretty boss place for the recruiting staff to be, that they're going to have a much nicer yeah. area in which to work. Not that that matters when it. it they just
0: built this one,
2: uh, like two years ago. Uh, what did they build? They the, spent
0: a ton of money on their on their new recruiting staff room. Where is it? It's right next to the players' lounge. They spent a ton of money on that. It's a bunch of cubicles. They spent a lot of. They 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 redid the the whole interior of the room. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm not saying they spent millions on room. it. It's
2: not that big a room, but uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, so I can tell you that wit i believe his words were it's going to be stunning once they finish the sapc and in, in merriman so he, he likes the facilities he's got and he thinks that's virginia tech's way to to be competitive
0: and that is not stopped that's the one thing that has not stopped in this yeah, country is construction you can drive by merriman right now and you can see them I'm working on
2: it. yeah they, they, they've gutted
0: like that area where of merriman where the the coaches' offices are and they're redoing all of that yeah. and everything
2: yeah um I can tell you, construction will stop a few months from now. The the projects that are currently in the pipeline are being worked on, but I I can't imagine, and I'm not talking Virginia Tech, I'm talking everywhere. No new
0: construction will be ordered. After yeah yeah yes. I don't see how
2: you could the trade the trades are rocking and rolling right now but I don't think they will be six months from now right
0: We really appreciate all the questions that
1: we're asking. Uh, we promise if you ask a question, we'll write it down. We'll try and get to them uh, on another podcast. But uh, we're right at about an hour. Chris has got some uh, great content to be working on, and as I always do, Chris, you know what's coming up? What's coming up on TechSideline.com?
0: I'm going to do the 1996 Virginia Tech, 1995 Virginia Tech Akron write up. Today. for my, zips. From my 1995 series. Yeah, it was a really good game. Um, it was the only football game I've ever watched where there were two block kicks in the first
2: minute and six seconds of the game. No kidding. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. Both by tech or? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> um Nope. <laughs> and and we've also got uh Randy Jones's latest finances article that, that yes. we need to put together. Rand, yeah. Randy has submitted it to us and we need to put it together and run it. We've been tracking finances now since like the mid 2000s Yeah. So Ox, if you're out there listening, you need to hit us up, we need to get you to do some infographics mm-hmm. for that article.
1: We'll close the show with a laugh. Uh going back to where would you take that five star recruit? Actually, uh Wabisa Beatty replied to uh David's tweet. And he goes, quote, although it's in Christiansburg, Kabuki sold me, but in Blacksburg for me was the inn breakfast for my official visit. First time I had corned beef, harsh fell in love. uh, I had corned beef, fell in love ever since. Both great spots for my official.
2: So is he talking in the inn and conference center? Yeah. Yeah. because hmm. that's where recruits stay
0: when they when they come on, on an official visit. So, so, so that actually
1: that makes sense. Corn you know? beef harsh. Corn beef hash gotta be. Hash that is yeah.
0: type. I was I was wondering what that was.
1: It I got spelled
2: spell correct. Yeah. So
1: yeah. anyways. Great podcast today, guys. I mean great to great to be back with yeah, you guys. I I, and, uh, I I
2: felt like going in I felt like it not as bad as the post Duke podcast, but you know, the topic was not pleasant. <laughs> No post-Duke today, no.
1: Uh, We'll close with this. We hope you're staying safe. We hope you're um, being healthy as you can be. And uh, we thank you for taking time to listen and watch the Tech Sideline podcast. Um, Reminder to follow us on social media or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Tech Sideline. Any closing thoughts here before we sign off, gentlemen?
2: No.
0: I don't think so. No. Well, okay.
1: (laughs) There you have it. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Tech Sideline podcast brought to you by the Fisher Law Firm. Have a great week, Hokies. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.